Hello everyone and welcome to the February 4th edition of WarComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal ruled that the police officer 4850 pay is part of the 104-week temporary disability cap. Here's what happened in the published opinion of County of Alameda versus WCAB and Brian Niddle. Niddle injured his knee in 2009 while working as an Alameda County Deputy Sheriff. He was unable to perform his duties and the county paid him disability benefits. For the first year, the county paid him benefits pursuant to Labor Code Section 4850. This provides that officers who are disabled in the course of their duties are entitled to a leave of absence without loss of salary for up to one year. After the first year, the county paid Niddle regular temporary disability indemnity benefits for another year. The county then ceased to pay temporary disability indemnity, citing the 104-week limit on aggregate disability payments. The workers' compensation judge concluded that Section 4850 benefits do not count toward the two-year limitation. The WCAB denied reconsideration. But the Court of Appeal, in the published opinion, reversed the WCAB and remanded the case for further proceedings. There have not been any prior decisions interpreting the statutory language. 4850 pay is a special benefit for injured public safety officers. Disabled public safety officers are entitled to a one-year leave of absence without loss of salary in lieu of temporary disability payments for up to one year. Beyond one year, the officer receives an unpaid leave of absence and whatever other benefits that might be available under the workers' compensation law. In 2004, the legislature enacted a 104-week limit on aggregate disability payments. The question is the meaning of the term aggregate disability payments. The county argued that the phrase also encompasses other disability payments for injuries causing temporary disability, including the salary continuation benefit payable to public safety officers pursuant to Section 4850. The Court of Appeal concluded that the county's arguments were persuasive. If Section 4850 payments are workers' compensation benefits, then they are part of the aggregate of disability payments. Niddle received an aggregate of two types of workers' compensation benefits for his temporary disability, Section 4850 salary continuation benefits and temporary disability indemnity. Pursuant to Section 4656 subdivisions C2, Niddle was entitled to a total of 104 weeks of those combined disability benefits. The Court of Appeal ruled against an industrial carrier in a subrogation case. Here's what happened in the unpublished decision of Bernardo Mejia Gutierrez versus Comcast of California. Bernardo Mejia Gutierrez was an employee of AC Square. AC Square was hired by Comcast to work on cable utility drop lines, which run from a utility pole to a customer's building. On the day of his accident, Mejia Gutierrez determined that he would use a ladder rather than a bucket truck to work on a drop line. To replace the drop line, he hung his ladder from the mid-span wire. The wire he was going to replace snapped, which made the ladder rock back and forth, and he lost his balance and fell 26 feet to the ground. 
He received workers' compensation benefits from Seabright Insurance Company. Seabright intervened in a negligence action brought by Bernardo against Comcast of California. Later, the applicant dismissed his claim and Seabright was the only remaining plaintiff in the case. Comcast filed a motion for summary judgment, which was granted by the trial court, ruling that Seabright had not raised a triable issue of fact as to Comcast either having negligently exercised retained control or having breached a relevant non-delegable duty. The Court of Appeals sustained the judgment in favor of Comcast. When an employee of the independent contractor hired to do dangerous work suffers a work-related injury, the employee is entitled to recovery under the state's workers' compensation system. The contractor's failure to provide safe working conditions results in injury to the contractor's employee. Additional coverage from the person who hired the contractor advances no societal interest that is not already served by the workers' compensation system. In the case of Prevet versus Superior Court in 1993, the California Supreme Court joined the majority of jurisdictions in precluding such recovery under the doctrine of peculiar risk. The Prevet line of cases establishes that an independent contractor's hirer presumptively delegates to that contractor its tort law duty to provide a safe workplace for the contractor's employees. The thousands of lawsuits that have been filed nationwide and the workers' compensation claims filed by NFL players in California have triggered safety concerns that some say may lead to the end of the NFL. Bernard Pollard, the hard-hitting Baltimore Ravens safety, told CBS Sports that he doesn't believe the league will be in existence in 30 years. He thinks that rules changes instituted in an effort to make the game safer will come a point to a point where fans are going to get fed up. Players are getting fined, and they're talking about taking away the strike zone and other changes that will cause fans to stop watching the game. Football safety was first on the mind of President Obama recently when he told The New Republic magazine that if he had a son, he would think long and hard before allowing him to play the sport. Obama also told the magazine that football fans are going to have to wrestle with the fact that the game will probably change over time to try and reduce the violence. The president noted that these changes would make the game a bit less exciting, but that it would be much better for players. An NFL spokesman responded to Obama's comments saying the NFL has no higher priority than player safety and health and, all, and at all levels of the game but coaches are looking for players who are stronger and faster year-end and year-out. Pollard says that this means bigger hits and concussions and blown-out knees. Pollard has a reputation for big hits. He was fined about $15,000 for unnecessary roughness last month for his third-quarter hit on New England Patriots wide receiver Wes Welker in the Ravens' AFC Championship game victory. Pollard received a 15-yard penalty on the play for striking an opponent in the head and neck area. He also forced a crucial fumble by knocking running back Stephen Ridley out of the game. He was not penalized or fined for the hit on Ridley. And now our fraud report. 
a prominent La Jolla physician and his corporate medical practice have pleaded guilty in a scheme to import unapproved foreign cancer drugs, dispense them to unwitting patients, bill Medicare as if the drugs were legitimate, and pocket the profits. Dr. Joel I. Bernstein entered a guilty plea to a single count of introducing an unapproved drug into interstate commerce, in this case, a cancer drug intended for market in Turkey, and administering it to his patients. Bernstein was released pending sentencing, which is scheduled for April. In addition, his corporate medical practice also pleaded guilty to one count of health care fraud. The defendants have purchased $3.4 million of foreign cancer drugs knowing they had not been approved by the United States Food and Drug Administration for use in the United States. And then he submitted claims to Medicare at the full reimbursement price. To conceal the scheme, the office fraudulently used Medicare reimbursement codes for approved cancer drugs. The plea agreement calls for $1.7 million in restitution, plus forfeiture of $1.2 million in profits. In addition, the government has also filed a False Claims Act lawsuit against Dr. Bernstein and his medical corporation. Under the False Claims Act, the United States can recover triple the amount of damages plus monetary penalties. The case is the latest example of an alarming nationwide trend. Officials have described the trend as an epidemic of unapproved and counterfeit drugs. The FDA currently has over 200 investigations nationwide involving medical practices who have purchased foreign unapproved drugs and dispensed them to unsuspecting patients for personal financial gain. And in regulatory news, Cal OSHA ordered Chevron to pay a record-high $1 million fine for safety violations that led to a massive fire last summer at a refinery in the San Francisco Bay Area. After the explosion at Chevron's facility in Richmond, California, an emergency telephone network advised tens of thousands of people to stay indoors behind closed doors and windows to avoid breathing potentially dangerous sulfuric acid and nitrogen dioxide fumes. About 200 local residents sought medical help, complaining of respiratory problems. In addition, one of the Chevron's employees suffered a minor injury. Kalosha said that Chevron did not follow safety recommendations made by its inspectors in 2002 to replace a corroded pipe that subsequently ruptured and fueled the fire. The company also failed to follow emergency shutdown procedures after the leak was found. In all, 25 citations were issued, including 11 willful, serious, and 12 lesser serious violations. The fine is the highest in Cal OSHA history. Sharon said it intends to appeal some of the citations. The damaged refinery unit is being repaired and should be back in operation by the end of March. And in other news, Patriot National Insurance Group announced the appointment of Michael McFadden as Regional Vice President for California. Mr. McFadden will oversee all marketing and underwriting responsibilities for California and will be based at Patriot's Western Regional Office in Woodland Hills. Before joining Patriot National, Mr. McFadden held various leadership positions at Zenith Insurance Company, and was most recently Zenith's Vice President of Claims for the Los Angeles Regional Office. Mr. McFadden was also the Manager of Organizational Development for RJM Adjusters. 
He graduated from the University of Phoenix with a degree in business management. Patriot National Insurance Group is an insurance holding company focused on workers' compensation insurance. It has two operating subsidiaries, Guarantee Insurance Company and Patriot Underwriters Incorporated. Sedgwick announced that Stephen E. Penman has been named the company's chief operating officer. Penman joined the company in 1978 and since then has served in several management and leadership roles. As chief information officer, Penman oversaw the original design and development of the Juris system, Sedgwick's proprietary technology platform. Penman later transitioned to the operations side of the business, spending nearly a decade as director of field operations with management responsibility for Sedgwick's claims servicing teams. Most recently, he served as executive vice president of specialty operations, helping Sedgwick grow its specialty claims operations, customer service centers, ancillary services, and clinical and cost containment operations. Penman began his professional career at Blue Cross Blue Shield programming the company's Medicare claim system. Sedgwick and its affiliated companies has more than 10,000 colleagues in nearly 200 offices located in the U.S. and Canada. In 2011 and 2012, the company was named the best overall large account TPA by buyers of risk services through an independent survey conducted by Business Insurance. Crum and Forrester named George Burr, Vice President of California Workers' Compensation Claims. Burr will manage the West Coast Workers' Compensation Claims Office located in Orange County, California. Burr was most recently the Vice President of Claims Operations for Seabright with responsibility for their Western Claims Division. Burr began his insurance career as a workers' compensation claims adjuster with Safeco Insurance and subsequently held a number of management roles at Safeco. Burr reports to Stephen Eisman, Senior Vice President of Claims. And with that, that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, for past editions of our news, and for much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, your iPad, or your iPod by searching for the WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drive, drop by again next week for more news.